0: Are you looking for a new website for your business, sick of trying to DIY or don't want to spend months and months of back and forth with a website designer? Hey, I totally hear you. That's why at Lala Social Club, we've created our sister studio, Three Day Websites, which is essentially where you hand your website design over to us and we'll concept, design and build your dream website in three days. Yep, three days. Days. So if you're a busy business owner and you want to launch your dream website or update your current site in three days, then all you need to do is head on over to 3daywebsites.co and book a time to chat with us. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Well, hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be with you today. Now, today you are in for a real treat. I hope that you're ready to take notes. I hope that you're ready to learn and to implement because this episode is super, super practical. I'm super excited to introduce you to the wonderful Talia Datt. Now, Talia, a lot like me, is in digital marketing. She started her business at the age of 22, Over the last four years, she's built up her two businesses, the Social Click and the Content Click, and she's built her business to become a multi-million dollar full service digital marketing agency. She is really, really great at what she does. She was just named in Forbes 30 Under 30 Asia in 2022. She also invests in a number of different businesses as well. She is an impressive lady, and I know you're going to find this conversation so inspiring and practical. Today, we're really zeroing in on TikTok. So if you've ever wanted to start your TikTok account, if you don't know where to begin, if you're stuck on what you should be doing and how you should be doing it, then you're going to love my conversation with Talia Datt. All right, let's dive in. Well, Talia, it is so good to be with you and I'm really excited for this conversation. We are both in marketing and we're both kind of in this digital space and I love talking with other marketers because we're kind of all on the same wavelength and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Today we're talking specifically TikTok and I know that you have some really awesome insights to share about that, but before we dive into that, tell me like your story, because you've just had some incredible wins. You've just been named Forbes 30 under 30 in Asia this year. Talk to me about what your business journey has been. You started your business at 22. Tell me your journey. How did you, how did you start?
1: So, I mean, it all goes back to my final year of uni when i would come back kind of from exchange. Um, I'd been living in Sweden and I don't know if you've been to Scandinavia, but it's a very driven, Um, and very entrepreneurial kind of society. So I felt like I had gotten that kind of um, wit about me whilst I was over there. Um, And upon returning, um, I had no money. So I obviously (laughs) decided to just take whatever job I could get, which happened to be in the corporate space. Um, After spending about two months working as an administrative assistant um, I realised I really obviously wasn't enjoying what I was doing um, and decided <laughs> to, to kind of quit. I think it was a sign that it just wasn't working for me. Um, and upon me finishing up that position, I just took some time to really reflect on the direction that I wanted to go in, um, where I, what I wanted to do. It was obviously my last year of uni. Um, and at that exact kind of time, tap to shop on Instagram was blowing up it was like the start of 2018 it had been around a little bit but really the the e-commerce kind of way through Shopify the tap to shop um kind of pixel generation on Facebook really was was in a it's kind of peak um and as that was kind of trending on the media I sort of took it as an opportunity to invest some time into researching it. Um, And before I knew it, I was offering boutiques like free of charge services to just basically play around with what felt like a unique kind of system at the time. Um, And once I started to make these shops money, I realized, okay, now it's time for me to charge um, for my services. So it took about Six months of essentially faking it till I made it. Um, A lot (laughs) of Googling, a lot of online courses. Um, And then within about six months, we had really landed some huge clients and were really looking at kind of um, optimizing social media as a a marketing channel.
0: Yeah, amazing. So I love, so you started your business, you were 22, so in 2018. And I started my business in... 2017 and I was 23 and really similar. Like I I was like in this job going, oh my gosh, I I was in this sales role at this coffee company who I love and was like, I'm, I'm terrible at this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like this funny thing of like, ah, how do I like um, actually make money doing something that I really love? So I love that journey of like, oh, I don't like this. And I'm going to um, pivot and figure something out And kind of at that point, right, it was social media at that and this kind of, I feel like this dates me, but it's like businesses were just realizing, I don't even think business accounts at that point when I started existed. So it was really like businesses were just starting to realize, oh, like this is something we need to be doing. It's not just a photo sharing app. Like it was like, oh, we could be actually selling on this channel so it's this really pivotal moment in how brands market it and now you know in 2022 we think gosh how how do people do it before this you know it's a completely different landscape And it's
1: amazing that it only took four years to get to this point. Like it's very fast moving considering that before there were all these obvious like traditional marketing platforms that you were Mm. utilizing. um, Before you knew it, you had now Instagram obviously taking off. And within four years, it's like pretty much I would say most businesses we work with like 80% of their marketing spend goes towards the social media sphere Yes. Influence the marketing, content creation, whatever it might be. And that whole kind of cycle only took four years.
0: Yeah, it is. It is really crazy. And when you think about it like that, it's like, no wonder people feel overwhelmed when it comes to marketing their businesses. <laughs> like It's stressful. There's a lot of moving parts and it changes so rapidly. And one thing I love about your journey is that you've been able to innovate really quickly and we're going to talk about that with how how you approach TikTok but I want to talk like unpack a little more about your story and so you started your business and were you managing people's social media for them what what kind of services were you doing so at the time, right, there used
1: to be all these like boutique shops in, in my sub, suburb area, right? They used to be gift shops. They used to sell like some homewares, some yep. giftware, um, some clothing. Um, I don't know if you remember them and, and they do still <laughs> exist. There, There's a lot less of them post-COVID. Yeah, um, yes. But at that time, the, yeah, they needed a way to reach audiences beyond the five-kilometre radius of their store. Um, and that's where we started to kind of um, innovate and think about how we could create almost like an online store to just – Basically, work hand in hand with the boutiques. Mm. Um, we, what I decided to do is at the time I bought myself a Canon camera. I don't think it was anything sort of special. I would never done photography. Um, yeah. I researched um, different light settings and things like that. Ultimately, the audio, se- the auto setting was like the forefront <laughs> for what I did. Um, I would walk into these stores. Take a whole lot of content, try, try and get all their products online, um, post on socials consistently, not a whole heap of video content, predominantly just imagery, um, which was what Instagram was at that time. Um, and yeah, try and build some sort of community around these stores.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, Talia, like everything you say, I'm like, yeah, I did that too. I bought the <laughs> yeah. camera and I, <laughs> I definitely did there. Like, I would shoot on the autofocus and be like, I hope no one asks me any questions about this camera because I don't know. Like, I <laughs> just. Point and shoot, baby. I've got no idea.
1: The best part is when it came to tax time and, like, the camera was obviously the only thing I'd really bought for the business. (laughs) But I didn't keep the receipt because I didn't realise that that was a thing that you could claim. (laughs) Like, and when you think back to that, you're like, wow, we've come a long way. We've come a long way.
0: Yeah, totally, (laughs) totally. And so, you know, fast forward to today, you're now, like, not only are you helping people with their like a a lot of e-commerce brands with their content and their social media and their digital marketing, but you're also investing in brands that you really believe in as well. Talk to me, like how did you go from I'm running this service-based business where I'm serving these businesses to no, I'm actually ready to now invest in in other brands that I really love and believe in. How did you kind of do that?
1: Definitely. So I think what's amazing about running a service-based business, and I'm sure you can relate, um, people come to you with new business ideas all the time, um, wanting advice as to how they could potentially launch and grow this. They've already done some of the product development side of things. They're really kind of at the, the start of their journey. Um, And I guess I saw the strong relationships that I might have developed with some of these entrepreneurs at the time um, to use it as an opportunity to pitch to potentially a partnership um, in which we work together. Obviously, we'd head up the marketing component. They'd do a lot more of the production side of things, um, which is not my forefront. Um, Neither is the operations. I can't do fulfillment. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. But we all knew what we were good at. So I saw it as an opportunity to kind of work with them on more of a partnership level um, and actually grow those brands with them from not only as a service provider, but as someone who was invested in the business too and and wanted to see the ultimate success.
0: I think that is such a genius idea and I I love that you could go, hey, I've got this skill set and... I can actually help you and, and the things that you're lacking I can actually bring to the table. And I think that's just such a creative way to think about it. And and one that I've not really thought much about. Like, oh, actually I could invest via my skill set into that, into that business. so, so clever. So talk to me what you've got a few brands that you do this with and, and that you're invested with. Can you can you tell us a little bit about the the people that you work with?
1: Definitely. So, one of the people I work with is my brother um, and he started um, a business called Tapped. Um, It's a digital card business um, in which you tap on someone's phone using NFC technology and download someone's contact details. Um, So, we saw it as a huge opportunity. Obviously, he didn't come from a marketing background and he really wanted to Turbocharge yeah. this business, yeah. um, and I came in from a marketing standpoint, and, and we kind of work together in order to grow the business. Mm. Um, but he he manages it on a day to day. I'm really just in charge of, of the marketing component. And then there's another investor group that I'm a part of, um, who currently own Matcha Maiden, um, Matcha Tea Brand. There's also the Matcha Skincare, um, as well as allevia Wellness, which is a hemp-based skincare brand. So um, I saw kind of those business people as um, people that I wanted to be in business with um, and an opportunity to kind of work with them in order to build those brands too.
0: That's incredible. I love that. That's such a cool, creative way to think about things. And I feel like that really tells and shows a lot about how you, that you innovate and you think differently about things, which kind of leads me into us talking about TikTok and all of the wonderful things. But before we dive into that, in your journey in running a business, and I love to ask all of our guests this, I find that often we learn more from the things we get wrong, um, our lessons or learnings or fails or whatever you want to call them. Often we learn more from those things than, you know, the things that we do naturally really well, the things that we get right. What do you think, Talia, in your business journey have been some of the big lessons or or missteps that you've taken and how do you think they've helped you to actually grow your business?
1: Definitely. So I love reflecting on this. I think it's always good to just kind of dive into your experiences and obviously mm. um, tell people how they could learn from your mistakes. I think for me the biggest mistake I made is I said yes too often maybe things that we weren't so amazing at, I think it was really easy for us to be a full service digital marketing agency, where ultimately, if we would have maybe stuck to our niche, um, which was social media, as opposed to kind of taking on website projects and Mm. other different components, it actually would have been kind of better for our growth. Um, Obviously, our processes and just kind of that trajectory that would have been, I think, a little bit more smooth sailing had we not taken on all those projects. Um, I also think one of my biggest mistakes was is that I didn't document our processes from the start, which meant that once I wanted to scale the business, I didn't have a handbook or something that I could basically hand off to someone in order for them to learn what we did. Um, I've spent probably the last year and a half um, with a a full-time employee trying to document and go back to all the processes and all the things that we do within the corporation so that we can basically have it really well laid out.
0: Wow. Yeah, I totally, I totally feel you on that as well. <laughs> because Yeah, I know that I, I totally agree with you on the saying yes to too many things. And it's funny that that only becomes something that is a sticking point or a roadblock when you reach a certain point in the business, right? Because when you're starting out, you're like, I will say yes to whoever has money and will give me money for the things. Like, I don't really mind. Like you're kind of like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll pick up your dry cleaning. Like you kind of just take on whatever you're like, I'll just do it. I don't know. And I think the, when you start to grow, it's counterintuitive, but the, uh, the services that you offer, the people that you serve, it all needs to get narrower. And it's, really hard to get out of the I'll say yes to everything space uh, and to get into the actually we really need to be specific about what we do and don't do and it's such a mindset shift and I think it's such a process and one that we're on as well where we're like actually we can't uh, we work specifically with creative service providers that's our Those are our people and I think knowing who your people are, knowing what your sweet spot is, what your strengths are, is just so valuable but it's also something that can only happen once you're a little bit into your business journey, right? Definitely,
1: definitely. At the start, you're saying yes to everything. You're buying a camera. You're all all of a sudden a photographer with no photography experience. You're really doing it all. Um, But I ultimately believe that, yes, sticking to your niche in in the long term is is so much better for business and so much better for, for growth. Um, also, when you have a team, right, you want to align your team with your values. And if you're saying yes to things that fall outside those values, it creates this level of confusion, I think, amongst the, the entire group. Um, and so I think being really clear in the vision, in the direction, um, and saying yes to only the things that you can and want to do um, yeah. ultimately is kind of the, a, a long-term method that i definitely recommend.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, Talia, we're just going to get so real and we're going to talk about TikTok because I've got to tell you, I have a degree of, uh, and it's not good, but I have a degree of hesitation around doing, I, I th- it's not that I'm not on board with embracing TikTok as a marketing channel. I, I'm like, I'm 100% there. I have a hesitation around doing it wrong. I think that's my my uh, yeah. block, right? And I think a lot of our audience have a hesitation around. Okay, I know I need to. Uh, I understand the importance of it. I understand the power of it. Yeah, but i I don't understand how I should be doing it and how I should be incorporating it into my strategy. So firstly I want to know why do you think business owners need to be on the platform why do you think it's so important for business owners to adopt this
1: definitely so I mean I always like to take business owners back to say 2013 um yeah. where Instagram was just getting started I don't know yes. if you remember it was all gray and the branding was all yes. awkward and <laughs> um we it was all it was a mess, right? We were hashtagging random things, we were putting random filters onto oh gosh. everything yes. that we posted. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and we thought that that was cool, right? But brands had started their Instagram accounts then, even though the e-commerce boost only really happened later on 2017, mm. 2018, mm. brands had started a Instagram presence in 2013, were able to leverage a community from the start, right, and build an audience that was engaged um, for many years to come. If you look at those brands today, you have your your friend bodies, for example, with millions of followers um, and people that have actually really been able to develop their channel over time. Um, And so how I feel about TikTok is how I feel about Instagram then, right? It's super underdeveloped no one really knows what they're doing. I mean, as marketers, we're all kind of playing around a little bit with it and we're saying what's right and what's wrong, but we don't actually know. I mean, in five years' time, we could look back and cringe at the awkwardness that that we we created. Um, But I see TikTok now as an opportunity for businesses to leverage a new channel to grow a a big community really quickly um, that brands that started their Instagram channel back in 2013 had that opportunity to.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yes. And I can totally see the parallel. What would you say to someone who says, I think I've missed the boat?
1: You haven't missed the boat. Definitely not. I mean, I think 2020 was a, a really when TikTok started to kind of um, revolutionise social media and Instagram Reels came about and um, all these other kind of platforms like Be Real are slowly coming about. But really TikTok... If you are to start a TikTok account now, you still have the opportunity to build a community at a really, really fast rate. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to last for long, but I think right now that opportunity still exists. Um, What we saw with Instagram is eventually it became a pay-to-play model um, and we see that happening for TikTok eventually. Um, But right now it's still very, very um, organic-centric. So take the opportunity now
0: to be on that channel yeah yeah that's such good advice and so if someone listening was like great okay i want to commit i want to really show up what would be the the number one thing you'd recommend for someone who is starting out on it on tiktok like what is the the first thing we should really be focusing on
1: your content has to be relatable it's as simple yeah. as that and i mean i can talk to it in in um, parallel to Instagram, a little bit in what in which Instagram is aspirational, so you want to be kind of showcasing extravagance all the time. Whereas TikTok, you want to be as relatable and as down to earth as you possibly can. Ultimately, entertainment is at the forefront of TikTok consumers' minds and they want to be able to relate to the pun at the end of the day. Um, and so really, if you are going to utilize TikTok, just think about the everyday kind of things that happen that someone else can relate to.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And so... When we're thinking about a business, are there any ways that we need to optimize our profile, optimize our, you know, account so that we can get discovered? Like what would you say for someone who wants to be discovered on the platform but it, like is like I've got 29 followers? Like
1: <laughs> how do you get <laughs>
0: discovered?
1: Right. So I think at the moment it's very hit and miss, right? Yep. I mean we have – um, TikTok posts that go out and get 200,000 views and then I'll post a TikTok the next day and it gets two views and you're like, why, you know? And yeah. ultimately we don't know the answer at the moment um, because it's very much a testing kind of phase that's happening. Yeah. Um, my team always love to say that TikTok keeps us humble because um, just as you yeah. think you've got it right, they really bring you back down to earth. Um, so with TikTok overall, I think you, if you're looking to get that exposure, I think firstly, setting up your profile, obviously correctly, having the right links, making sure that it's got the right kind of profile picture, um, is important, but more importantly, it's in the type of content that you post, making sure that you're as on trend as possible. You're using Mm -hmm. the right audios, you're using the right kind of trending concepts that are happening you're showing personality you're showing a face i think is really what makes someone stand out um there are a few hacks like for example if you share a tiktok with 10 people in your community and you get them to watch the video in completion it will boost the algorithm that's a little thing for for some of your listeners but yeah, they could right. definitely utilize straight away um, you obviously want to try and get in as many comments as possible initially um, sometimes what we find is the shorter videos do better so your five second pieces of content because it goes so quickly that someone almost has to watch it again and then tick to- it alerts TikTok. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I mean, this is just from trial and error. There's no real foundational basis to it. We're just consistently testing on, on a regular basis and trying to see what works and, and making some sort of conclusions.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that that's really valuable to, to be able to say. I've noticed even in Reels that we do, the ones that perform the best are often the shorter ones, like, yeah, five to seven seconds with a trending audio. It's like, it seems like that is the, and also iPhone crappy videos, like they're not high quality. They show my face and and everything you've just said, I'm like, yes, that actually, Instagram Reels seems to measure that. uh, seems to mirror that I should say yeah
1: definitely and I mean I know firsthand if you have a videographer creating your TikTok content it is not going to do well from previous experience yes you end up paying a whole lot of money to put on this huge production and a shoot but ultimately the channel just doesn't relate to that sort of content and whilst it could be good for a campaign even the, even the ad content, right, the more, cu- the, the more curated it is, the less people engage with it. It's as simple as that. They just want to find pieces of content that are relatable to their everyday life.
0: Yeah. So, oh, this is so good. So you work with a lot of product-based businesses. And so I'd love to run through, for someone who is starting out and needs some ideas of how to, you know, what types of content they should be creating, where would you start with, with product? Like what are some really simple things that people who run product-based businesses could start with?
1: Definitely. So for us, what we do is we definitely utilize different faces in our content. So we never want to have the same person being the face of the product right? Mm. We want to still show diversity based on the customer personas that we want to relate to. Mm. So that's the first thing that we really, really recommend is having different sort of faces um, that you can utilize in your content. Um, I think ultimately, the next piece of advice is just scroll on the channel. Spend 15 minutes a day just scrolling on the channel and seeing what's coming up on your For You page and replicating it in some way that resonates with your product, right? So if it's a sort of trending audio in which someone disappears um, as, a, as a red flag concept, so when you want to run away from a person, um, you can discuss maybe bad skin for a skincare brand that you'd want to run away, right? Yeah, it's about utilising yeah. the trend that kind of reiterates your brand messaging with different sort of personas um, at the forefront.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so then for a service provider, would your approach be different or would your strategy be pretty much the same?
1: It would be quite similar. I think for a service provider, showcasing the environment in which the business runs is also really important. So for products. I think it's less so about maybe sometimes the team behind the product itself, whereas for a service-based business, I think creating relatable content with different types of team members is super, super important for creating that sort of relatable content and for you understanding who you're going to work with um, if you utilize that service.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So... In terms of strategy between Instagram and TikTok, and you said this so well, TikTok, um, Instagram is aspirational, TikTok is relatable. How should our strategy differ between these two platforms? Because I know a lot of our audience, they're doing reels, they're they're producing content, they, they understand the concept and, and how it all works. But do we need to be posting more frequently on TikTok? Do we like is there a different strategy? Do how do we approach hashtags? Do they work on TikTok? Like how how different are the strategies? Definitely. So
1: I find Instagram different in that it is very aspirational, right? Yeah. The mood board type concepts, the setting of a vibe, the content pillars are a little bit more lifestyle based, right? Mm. And and it's really about kind of showcasing to people what they could potentially have if they use that product, or what 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 could occur. Whereas for TikTok, we're really looking for that relatable content yeah. um, that is okay. This is my positioning right now. This relates to me right now. Here's the, I mean, for a product, here's the solution to that that relatable yes. issue that I'm facing, right? Um, yeah. In terms of the strategy side of things, um, TikTok hashtags do work really well, hashtagging for you pages. Um, I generally only do about five, maximum five hashtags on TikTok. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, Instagram, um, this is a controversial topic, but I don't know if I see the benefit of hashtags as we used yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, and some and different marketers are saying and I mean I'm trying to test it every single day, but I almost feel as though hashtags are slowly falling away. Mm. Um, really ultimately with Instagram, it's a pay to play model. So if you want to reach new audiences, run ads, boost your posts, really yes. get the content out there far and wide whereas TikTok I think if you're creating that relatable content you don't need to pay to play you have that opportunity to build that organic kind of community because people find the content so relatable to their everyday life they want to engage
0: yeah yeah that's such a good point and I agree about the hashtags on Instagram I'm like ah <laughs> when people like ask you me, like you do them, but you, yeah, yeah you don't like, know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, it's kind of, uh it's kind of like you know like you use an eye cream and you're like, they tell me that I need to use an eye cream and I I I I think I do, but you can't see any results, so you're like, I don't know if this is even doing anything. And like <laughs> twenty years from now, am I going to be like, oh my goodness, why didn't I use an eye cream? I kind of feel like it's a similar thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess like we should do it probably.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that is a great point. Like that instant gratification, right? You see that on TikTok, like straight away. I mean, it takes a day for you to get hundreds of thousands of views. Whereas like Instagram as a marketer, I know that's no longer possible. Mm. And Instagram is a much longer-term game now from an organic standpoint. It's about engaging with the community on a a daily basis and kind of uh, struggling along.
0: Yes, yeah, totally. That's really, really cool. And you mentioned um, how to drive engagement on your TikTok videos. So what are some simple ways that we can get people to comment, people to share, people to take action or... Click the link in our, our profile on TikTok. How, how do we actually elicit engagement? So, I mean, asking questions in the
1: caption definitely helps, right? Yeah. And pre-teaser content we find works really well. So the behind-the-scenes um, I don't know if you saw on TikTok that Celine Dion trend that everyone was, like, singing Celine Dion songs and it was about, like, home production. Anyways, it it went through a moment, right? And what we found worked really well is before we showed the fully created um, video, we showcased the behind the scenes of the making of the Celine Dion trend, right? Yes. And all of a sudden you had hundreds of people commenting, like, I need to see results. I need to see what happens next. Like you're almost kind of pre-teasing what's to come. And I think it's a really good strategy for TikTok. If you're showing them kind of the behind the scenes or not the full picture. You're really going to see that elevated level of engagement.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so clever. Oh, man, I feel like I'm like wanting to do all the things now that you're saying this. So <laughs> this, is, this is probably my... Um, knee-jerk reaction right now. But if I'm like, okay, I want to build my TikTok profile. I want to build my following. Is, Is it the right thing for me to do to go, like you were saying, scroll in, scroll TikTok for 15 minutes a day, look at the trends and just batch a bunch of videos and post every single day. Like, is that, is that something that is valuable? Is there, is it a volume game in how many content pieces we need to be doing? Like, how would you approach it?
1: A volume game for sure because, yeah. as I said, you never know which pieces of content are going to go viral yeah. and which ones aren't. Um, and so for us, we, we really recommend posting at least once a day. The yeah. ultimate is twice a day. But let me tell you now, to create a TikTok takes it out an hour and a half, two hours. It's not a short yeah. a, a short job ultimately. Um, even just coming up with the idea and the catchphrase and the saying, it's definitely a time-consuming matter. So if you're limited for time, I'd say once a day. Mm-hmm. The ultimate is twice a day. Um, and I think what's important is that you're consistently um, posting with trending audios. So yeah. if you are scrolling on TikTok for 10 minutes a day and you see two of the same audio, it is a trending audio at that moment and your next TikTok should include that audio. Um, there yes. are also trend reports and different sort of websites and things in which they kind of showcase the trending sounds and audios. Um, we're in the process of putting together weekly trend reports for, yes. for TikTok um, that everyone can access. So it's really about just utilising what everyone else is doing on the channel Duplicating that on a volume scale. Oh my
0: gosh. That is such you've really demystified it for me, and I'm sure for everyone listening. It's really, really helpful and so practical. So thank you so much. I have two more questions, two more TikTok questions for you. A lot of people I follow, they say, I use TikTok to build my Instagram following to then turn those people into clients or customers. Is that a good strategy or is there a way to kind of skip Instagram and go straight from TikTok to your website to become a client or a customer.
1: Definitely. So, I mean, the pixel is being developed on a regular basis for TikTok. Yep. At the moment, the attribution window like has recently moved from one day to 7 days similar to Facebook yep. and Instagram, which means you can retarget people up to 7 days, which is huge. Awesome. So, yep. every month, every week, even there's new kind of integrations that are occurring to make it a single platform that you don't need to kind of go via instagram Um, at this current time you can obviously have your the link to your website in your bio um, and tiktok have announced that they are bringing out a tap to shop feature as well for product-based businesses Um, And so we're probably looking at six months to a year for that full rollout. Um, But as soon as that comes about on TikTok, that's definitely obviously going to be the priority is going to be about moving consumers straight from TikTok directly to your website.
0: Yes. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. And final question for you. What are your TikTok predictions for the rest of 2022? Obviously, that tap to shop is a big one. What else do you see on the horizon?
1: I see tap to shop occurring. I see a lot more brands utilizing the platform, and I do see the pay to play model coming about. Yeah. Um, I think, of course, TikTok has to monetize its successes thus far, um, and even though you can advertise, essentially, it's not hundred percent there. So, I feel as though those advertising capabilities are going to build so that you can become so
0: it's going to become that pay to play model. Amazing. Honestly, Talia, this is so helpful and I everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to get you in to the Next Level Club to do some coaching with our clients because we all need what you're teaching already just from this. I'm like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. So thank you so much. It's so, so helpful and I love your approach. So where can people connect with you? Where can people follow you and find um, out more about what you do?
1: Definitely. So, I mean, I myself, Talia Dat, have Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, Facebook as well, but don't check it as frequently. Um, We also, of course, for the social click and the content click, our two agencies, you can connect with us on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn too.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know that we're going to have you back on to talk about all these updates coming up soon. So yeah, I feel like everyone listening is furiously taking notes Thank you so much, Talia. I so appreciate you coming.
1: Thank you, Laura. It was absolutely wonderful to speak with you. I loved our conversation um, and I can't wait for many more in the future.
0: Yay! Well, I don't know about you, but I am full of ideas and I'm so ready to start doubling down on TikTok. I hope that you found that useful. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Please send me a DM and let me know what has been your big takeaway and what you're going to implement in your business. Also, FYI, to any of our Next Level Club members, I want you to know I'm being very serious when I say we really want to get Talia into the program to do some coaching on TikTok. So stay tuned. If you're one of our Next Level Club clients, we've got some cool things in the works for you and i'm really excited about this all right i love your work i'll see you back here same time same place next week but in the meantime you know what to do go get them